Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 102 of NerdPod Generations. As always, I am one of your illustrious host, Steve Taylor, along with the lovely L. Jetsam. Hello, sir. Hello, friends and enemies. How you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm doing pretty good, yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. I like you got the little Superman thing going yeah. with the hair. I, I took a shower that. today, so I got the, I got the Superman Very Christopher curl. Reeve of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was bummed the other night. We were doing a family movie night, and I was like, I gotta show the kids. Like, Superman. So I'm like, I'm gonna show you Superman. We're gonna watch Superman. And then... My wife made the mistake, and she does this every now and then. She interjected a, a newer movie that they had seen a trailer for, and the and kids like, "Oh, I want to see that." I was like, "Well, shit." Yeah, <laughs> I've been dying to show them Superman, and like Ethan loves the theme song. He's heard it yeah. many times. I'm like, "You're old enough now. We can watch Superman." No, nope. we had to watch. It was it was cool. It was some cat movie on Hulu. That's it's a British movie. It's like the fantastic something and it's about these rats and a cat that all gain consciousness and can speak and huh. it's interesting and it's a british cartoon movie so it was actually intelligent it wasn't like a dumb american one yeah but i was just like it's not fucking superman yeah see i will never get over that like i get it it was a long time ago yeah. i will never get over the lois lane just kind of holding on by one hand Oh yeah. He's <laughs> just like this is not how his flight works. Just it's just not. But the one thing you got to give it is in a time when superheroes were a oh, kid laughy thing. Do not get me wrong. It is so close it's to It's so revolutionary. Oh, it's unbelievably revolutionary. <laughs> it's outrageously revolutionary. I mean, starring Marlon Brando yeah. written by uh, Mario Puzo. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a revolutionary yeah, film. It was revolutionary. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just it's it's kind of like uh Spider-Man 02. Yeah. Of just like it's revolutionary. It it was so great for its time, but there are moments where you go back and you look at it and you're just like Huh. Yeah. Huh. I'm not sure about this particular decision right here. Yeah, some of the special effects did not age well. Or things like those spinning the world the opposite way, turn back time and all that. <laughs> but what I do appreciate about that film is it it is a really solid movie with the superhero elements added in. Yes. Like, that's the thing that I think the newer Supermans have, have screwed up, and I'm hoping James Gunn kind of leans back into more Clark yeah. Kent, you know, get that orientation going. I still say you you just do a good Superman story. Like, mm-hmm. it, it do, I don't know if you want to do an origin story or what, but, like, don't try and do too much. Yeah. This has to be kind of closer to Force Awakens of, like, let's get the, this right. You know, I'm not saying that you need to go back to the era of Superman literally saving cats out of trees, which I think is one of the quaintest moments from that Superman movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like, he literally saves a cat out of a tree. And it's just like, you look at superhero culture nowadays, mm-hmm. and the idea of Superman stopping just to, to save a cat in mm-hmm. a tree is just, it's almost ridiculous. It's almost campy. Um, it is very campy. And, and so you're just like, let's find a middle ground between saving a cat out of a tree and nuking half of metropolis with an anti-gravity ray <laughs> you know i think there's a middle ground somewhere in between these two points let's do that yeah how do you say his name again Regé jean page yeah from bridgerton and dungeon and dragons if you're gonna make it and you're gonna have lex luther in it that's lex luther he'd be a very good lex luther perfect because yeah. they got to get off of this older white guy or i don't even want to say what jesse eisenberg was that was just a, a nightmare i want to forget they got to get over the, I want land and blah. You need an intelligent, tall, 
thin black man, like in the TV show, which was the best version Mm -hmm. of Lex Luthor. And it's like, get that person. And he is perfect. He looks the part. He's, he can, I think he could easily pull off being this super intelligent businessman just because he is like, I watch him on anything. Like you watch him in Dungeons and Dragons. He's like, that's one of the classiest human beings I've ever seen. Well, and like the other thing about Lex Luthor is we're so far beyond, again, the quaintness of it being a land scheme. Yes. That that is what is causing this conflict between him and Superman. That's such a quaint idea. Yeah. Because the Lex Luthor that I gravitate towards is the one that thinks he's a hero. Yes. He looks at Superman and he says, this is a threat. And everybody's like, yeah, Superman. He's like, no, 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 no. This is a threat. Yeah. He's going to kill us all. So I got to kill him first. And like... He's almost like this weird, twisted Tony Stark Batman mm-hmm. of like, nope, I'm going to save us from the alien. And it's like the alien who's saving, who's like literally catching planes out of the sky mm-hmm. and like all these other things. He formed his own society of superhumans. He's going to kill us all. Like that's the Lex Luthor that I want to see. Not necessarily like raving mad, mm-hmm. but like he knows he's smarter than everybody. He is almost cocky because he knows he's smarter mm-hmm. than everybody. But he's also doing this because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that's so much more interesting than... And, like, I, I'm... I kind of... As much as the Brandon Roth Superman movie, Superman Returns, had its issues. Mm-hmm. A lot of issues. I did like... Now, mind you, once again, I don't purport to approve of anything this human being. He's a monster. But Kevin Spacey's portrayal of Lex Luthor in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. before they like dropped what his plan was. I, I thought they did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. But then they turned it into, oh, well, I want land. And yeah. It's like, God, why do you need to fucking do that every yeah. time? It turned back into the, the, the mustache twirling. Exactly. Like, you know, he's practically snidely whiplash time. Exactly. Like, the, the what tracks. makes the Lex Luthor in the cartoon so great is he doesn't need the land. No. He's a insanely wealthy, extremely genius businessman. Then isn't he president? And, and At one like, point he's president. He's president. Like he is just a super powerful individual who wants to kill Superman. Yeah. Just like you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he is the smartest man in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> think think Elon Musk, less interested in social media, more interested in inventing technology instead of buying it. Yes. And also absolutely crazy for the idea of this one alien. Exactly. And he doesn't want to destroy the world. No, he's he doesn't want to build an world. island and make an island grow out of the middle of the ocean that completely covers America. And he doesn't want any of that shit. And in fact, in in a lot of episodes, he actually works with Superman if there's a bigger threat because he knows, okay, I got to get rid of this threat before I can get rid of my threat. Or you do like the the thing that they do in uh, Justice League Unlimited season yeah. two, where he at the end of season one. Maybe this is like the first movie is Lex Luthor and his pursuit of trying to stop Superman Mm -hmm. uncovers this ancient Kryptonian computer Mm -hmm. that he dubs Brainiac because it thinks it's so smart. And then by the end of the movie, Brainiac is actually merged with Lex Luthor because he's too cocky to realize that this thing is actually controlling him. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the second one where he's separated from Brainiac and you have that Venom... Eddie Brock, like, no, I gotta get back. I'll never be as great as I was at that one moment. Like, mm. there's cool stuff you can oh, do. Oh, a lot of shit. You lift it right from the cartoon, I will not complain. I, I might point it out and be like, hey, just so you know, there's also a cartoon version of this mm. that came out 20 years ago. But I won't complain. Yeah. I definitely won't complain. 
And like, there's so many years and 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 different storylines of villains for Superman. You don't need to do Generals out anymore, and you don't need to do Lex Luthor. Like, even if you you you, I mean, I would prefer really good Lex Luthor, but you don't need to know those two. They're Brainiac, like you said. Yeah. There's so many other villains. Or like, you could do something interesting, uh-huh. like Young Justice season four, where. General Zod is the the quote unquote big bad of the season. We don't meet Zod until more than halfway through the season. The villain is Zod's son, who is trying to save Zod from the Phantom Zone by going back to the past. Oh, interesting. So now, when he this kid shows up, he has all this futuristic technology. He seems to be all over the place. He can do all these things, and weird shit is happening. And when he says his name is Cal Zod or whatever, mm-hmm. all of us are like Zod. And he says that he's going to the Phantom Zone. And it's like, oh, oh, we all know what that means. Mm-hmm. Maybe the characters don't. Maybe they still have to find out. But that's one of the fun things about the current world of superheroes is that we've gotten to this point now where a good, not necessarily, it's not a hallmark of a good superhero story, but a good superhero story will often take these elements that we've seen over and over and over again Mm. and create a new version of that Mm. that takes into account the fact that we do know these stories it doesn't treat us like oh you need to know who general zod is Mm -hmm. um, because you definitely don't know who general zod is and it's like well like anybody who's going to see this movie is probably they probably know who general zod is i mean he's even in the flash (laughs) this new flash movie it's like he's everywhere he's everywhere he's he's ubiquitous at this point Mm -hmm. so like we all kind of know who zod is and I, you know, even in the 90s, I think if you had said Zod, mm-hmm. there would have still been a lot of people that were like, Neil before Zod. You know, like... It, people... Ter- Terrence Stamps was pretty damn awesome. Like, exactly. I do love his Zod. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, this is what I'm saying, is, like, <laughs> the ubiquity of these characters, we know what this means. Mm. So, use that. That's what Across the Spider-Verse does. It says, That's you know what these stories Which are. Which, they did fix the audio on that, for those who listened to our last show. Oh, my God. It took a week. I think, I think this was a ploy. I think this you was do. Sony's final play. Was I think the movie premiered, they had everybody know, everybody had to know that the sound was off. And some exec said, you know what? Transformers comes out the week after us and we're fighting Fast and the Furious off. Don't fix it. We'll deal with the hate and the frustration. That's free publicity. Mm -hmm. And then we'll fix it right before the second week. So everybody comes back to watch it a second week, and we get two weeks running at the top of the box office. That's true. This is all a play. This is all a play for That's more true. money. Spaceballs 2. Yes. Yeah. For more money. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the beginning of the show, folks. We went yeah. on a little tangent, which we do love those. Um, so once again, this is episode 102, so please go back and listen to our previous 101 episodes, including the last one, which was a great review of, um, why is my, bro- oh, Spider-Man Across, Across the, the Spider-Verse, which is... Still, my brain still has not caught up to the it's visuals so that we saw in that movie. Amazing! Just um, looking back on it mentally, it's just oh, incredible. It's just absolute. Like the it, it I mean, I, I I still think as long as it lives up to the hype that I've been giving it, Oppenheimer's probably gonna be my number one movie. But as of right now, not only is Across the Spider Verse my number one this year, but it should win Best Picture because it is that good. I honestly don't know. I, you know, we, we've been talking mm. about possible other subjects that we're going to cover today if we need to kind of stretch. And so we've been looking at stuff that we are looking forward to. Mm. And 
I'm looking down this list of stuff that's coming out this year, and I'm like, I don't see anything that's going to top this. Yeah. Loki Season 2, The Marvels, that's, none of these are going to top no. this. Craven the Hunter, not a chance. They haven't released a single trailer for it. That movie might not even come out this year. Yeah. You know, Dune 2? Maybe, but I don't care about Dune the way I care about Spider-Man. See, the only reason I think Craven's definitely coming out is because he's the main villain in Spider-Man 2 on the PS5. That's fine. I but don't... it's like, I think they'll do it just because he'll be in the zeitgeist in the zeitgeist front and center in a game that's going to sell like 15 million copies and everyone wants to play he's going to be there so they'll like shit if we release that maybe they'll go see it yeah and it uh, it can't be any worse than morbius so oh boy it really can't that's still the front runner for commentary I yes. don't know if anybody. I Which don't know we're if getting close. One hundred and four, right? One hundred and four is going to be a commentary yep. episode to celebrate two years. If anybody out there is interested, we both have comment sections on our websites. So JudsonStudios.work under the Bronx Division tab. So go and comment or comment on like YouTube or any yep. of the places that we have foundations and tell us if there's a particular movie you want us to watch because right now the bid is between Morbius, mm-hmm. Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Mm-hmm. And there's one more. Oh, the new Hellboy, the David Harbor Hellboy. Yeah. So we'll that s- may, that movie more makes me sad than anything because <laughs> I really else. love David Harbor and I love Hellboy. Yeah. And I was really hoping it was going to be good. Yeah. But I should have known as soon as I saw Mila Jovovich and I was like, that's, that's a bad not sign. Be. Like it, it, she she like jumped right off with Fifth Element, which I love, and then since then it's kind of been like yeah eh, okay. yeah it's been a it's been a steady decline yeah a little bit of a decline thank yeah. you thank you awful Resident Evil movies yeah. all right so we're moving on now to what we've been watching playing reading which we have not done in a while no. well we did a little bit of it last week um I I was very excited about this topic for for a big reason I've gotten back into okay I'm gonna start watching some of the older movies and. What I do now is once every two months, I will buy a Criterion Collection Blu-ray. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so, like, right now I have Grand Budapest Hotel. I have um, The Life Aquatic, which I absolutely love with mm-hmm. Steve Caesar. Um, Dr. Strange Love, which, sad, not a lot of people know that movie exists, no. which blew up my mind. Um, Moonstruck, uh, Thin Red Line, which is a great war movie. And the movie I was excited to watch, which this movie holds a special place in my heart because it is the first artistic film I saw. In seventh grade, our art teacher, Mr. Salshay, is either seventh or eighth. I, I want to say it was seventh. He took us to the little theater to see the adventures of Baron Munchausen. <laughs> and I love that movie so much. I've never sat through the whole thing. Oh my god. But I've seen sections of it. It is it's madcap. Oh, it's it's a Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah. So it's just it's insane. Yeah. But it is so fucking great. And watching it, and like you get to the the Robin Williams part where he's mm-hmm. the king of the moon, and you get to the Oliver Platt and an eighteen year old Uma Thurman who's making out with a like fifty two and sixty three year old man in these movies. I'm like Jesus Christ, but you're seeing all these, and just the story's great, the visuals hold up because they're so out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a whacked out movie. Yeah. Like it is an art house movie. Oh, it's a Gilliam. to the extreme. It's a Gilliam movie. Oh, it's absolutely Gilliam. Like, like I don't know if you've seen it. One of the movies that shocked us uh-huh. at one point while we were watching it uh, was a recent Gilliam movie, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Yes. The Man Who Murdered Don Quixote, something like that. And uh, that was one of those movies where just things kept on happening. It has Adam Driver and the guy, who I always forget his name, Jonathan, not Powers, the guy that played the, the High Sparrow and was in... 
Uh, Jonathan Price. Price. Um, who is a mainstay in Terry and Gill, and he is in yeah. Baron Munchausen. So uh, it's it's about Adam Driver making a movie of Don Quixote, and then he goes off into the wilderness and actually experiences the story of Don Quixote, mm-hmm. and it just gets ratcheted up to this point oh, where it's... there's like a, a fire pit that he's going to be thrown into, and you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, no, it's nuts. <laughs> it's insane. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like... Um, I, 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 I've always loved his movies, including one that kind of got lambasted, even though it, it's amazing how they pulled it off, which is the Imaginarium of Dark Departments yeah. with Heath Ledger, who died, and they ended up putting Jude Law and Johnny Depp in, like, and, the, uh, his like role. And Colin Farrell, I think. And Colin Farrell, that's right. Um, like, I love I love his movies. They're so out there. Like, even so Brazil crazy. is Lunatune, mm-hmm. like Looney Tunes. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I, I kind of like that crazy. Robert De Niro practically shows up as Mario. Yeah, <laughs> like, like pretty much real life. Mario. And you forget that some of these people are in these movies. But yeah. I, like I was telling somebody about Twelve Monkeys, which is probably his more mainstream. Mainstream, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I love that movie too. Like yeah. I absolutely adore the movie. It was one of the last. It was the last movie I saw at. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Pittsburgh Theater. They used to have the big one across the street, that single screen massive oh, yeah, theater. Yeah. It's the last movie I saw in there was Twelve Monkeys. Uh... So I'm, I'm always the one before that was Striptease. So I'm happy I saw Twelve <laughs> Monkeys because it kind of it was a lot better movie. Um, but I'll always remember it for that. But his yeah, and I I watched a great documentary about the um, Monty Python, and they said. Monty Python never would have succeeded without him because they did not know how to end sketches. Yeah. So by him coming in and doing his cartoons, that made it what it was. Yeah, we moved on to something exactly. even weirder. And they Somehow were so weirder. insane. Yeah. Like, wonderfully insane. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so I, I highly recommend for anyone that has not seen The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. It is just awesome. It, it I wouldn't say it's it's a family movie. With some caveats. They have yeah. some violence that is Aren't there boobs goofy. in it, too? You see, a, like, some brief nudity. It's yeah. not anything, like, over the top. Yeah. But, like, there's a part where he cuts a dude's head off and it lands on a woman's lap and then the head, like, winks at her. And it's, like, very tongue-in-cheek, the, the violence and, and whatnot. But the story's great. The A very, very, very young Sarah Polly... For wow. those of you who do not know, is a director now, and she also was the lead in the remake of Dawn of the Dead. For the first ten minutes. For the, Well, yeah. 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 Well, no, she's in it the whole thing. I thought she died. No, no, no. Her oh. husband died. She was there to the end. I thought she was killed by no. by the end of the cold open. Because remember, she's, she ends up befriending... Uh, the dude, I can't remember his name. Not not the guy from Modern Family. The other yeah, dude. the other. Not, up, like, not Ty Burrell. Ving Rhames is in that. Yeah. There's somebody else. There's some white... Is, is Wes Bentley in that? I can't remember mm. names. I'm yeah. horrible at names. But, um, no, she makes it through the whole thing. She's like the leader. Okay. But it, it's just weird seeing her as like a 10-year-old. Yeah. yeah. No, she's yeah. great. Her, I yeah. mean, for a 10-year-old, her acting was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, well, highly recommend. We were watching Kiki's Delivery Service earlier, uh, and you listened yeah. to to 16-year-old Kirsten Dunst speaking, oh and you're just like, wow, your voice really changed yeah. in a, a very you know short, quote-unquote short amount of time, because my Spider-Man doesn't sound like this no, anymore. I have been doing a few things, okay. working on a few things. I got some big uh, comic book encyclopedias that I've been Ooh. leaving through, so I have, a, I have one for DC and one for Marvel. This was how I first got into 
a lot of comic book lore was I had a Marvel encyclopedia that I would just pour through when I was mm. bored or when I needed to like practice drawing stuff. So I would look for poses and things, and then you'd inevitably read all the mm. character stuff, and you just find out some interesting garbage mm. about things. Um, it is interesting. There have been a few moments where I'm I'm leafing through these books. And I'm like, I don't think that's right. Oh, really? <laughs> you got that wrong. Uh, they they address Cosmo as a boy. I think Cosmo's a girl. I think Cosmo's I'm pretty a girl. sure Cosmo's a girl and everything. I don't yeah. think that was just the most recent iteration. I think Cosmo's always been a girl because yeah. she's based off Laika, who is a girl. Um, Weird. So, like, just little things like yeah. that where you see it and you're just like, huh, okay. Or, like, characters that you wouldn't think have been left out that have just been fully left out. Mm. And you're like, oh, I kind of thought so-and-so deserve to be in this book a little bit but you know sure we can have patsy jane who's the secretary of so-and-so from Mm -hmm. the 60s who nobody has heard of yeah she can be here but like we're not gonna have this guy over here who's Mm -hmm. become a big name okay sure cool so like there there have been a few moments like that um but going back to hellboy i got the animated (coughs) hellboy movies uh blood and iron and sword of storms i have never watched those how are they they're pretty good I would say Blood and Iron is better mm. than Sword of Storms. Sword of Storms isn't bad. It's just very kind of like segmented. Okay. It's one of those, uh, the the team discover a ancient evil thing. Mm. And uh, meanwhile, a professor is being possessed by two demons. All these stories convalesce in Hellboy being sucked into a magical scroll where he fights different japanese monsters which is interesting but it it comes off as like this okay he beats this monster and then he walks off screen and then another thing happens to a different character and then we come back to hellboy and he fights a monster Mm -hmm. and then rinse repeat rinse repeat and it just it wasn't always amazing blood and iron i think was just a better story better told Mm -hmm. because that was more like hey we have vampires but also there's this weird cult and also you have Professor Bloom is actually out in the field, and so there's there's stakes, and it's, yeah. it doesn't all just take place in some nether realm. It like actually takes place in the world, and mm. there's consequences, and things happen. And so like that, I found to be better. Um, it's still short. It's still quick. It's not like the most amazing, well written thing in the world, but it's fun and entertaining, and it's Hellboy. Mm. So like you know you you can do a lot worse than Hellboy. Yes, and Ron Perlman's Hellboy. It, he's a little bored <laughs> for, for a guy who does a lot of voice acting he sounds pretty bored and Selma Blair sounds totally checked out really <laughs> totally checked out well when did the when did those movies come out uh, I want to say 07, 08 because I'm wondering if that's when her uh, was it MS I think she has was really kicking oh, in oh was it oh she, yeah she's got I think she walks with a cane but she's oh, had health issues for a long time I didn't time. know that so oh, I'm wondering if that's when they started that could to, be yeah. that could be because she I won't say that she was checked out mm. she's very low key which her character's always been low key yeah and the live but, actions was low key but like this is also like almost whisper level of all dialogue yeah and like just she says jokes and there's no emotion it's like listening to uh, Kristen Stewart say a joke oh my god and you're just like okay. uh, Okay, I guess that was... Was that funny? I think yeah. that was funny. So, that's what I've been watching. Nice. Yeah, very nice. And I am excited. The There's another reboot Hellboy coming out. Yeah. And it... The creator of Hellboy said this is as close as anyone has ever gotten to actually getting it right. Because supposedly he's one of the show... Or the, like, producers and writers yeah. of it. I don't know. Like, I, I think the... Pro- like, the big problem with the David Harbour one is... 
what made Ron Perlman's why I loved him so much is his charisma in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like he's so charismatic, mm-hmm. and he's just his line delivery and everything was great. And, and it's like that. Okay, that's Hellboy. And Harbor was good. And like some of the fight scenes, like when he's fighting the trolls, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But man, and some of the other ones, you're just like. I think they really wanted to lay into, oh, well, this is R-rated. Yeah. And they laid into that a little too much. It's like, you still got to tell a story. As much as I love blood. Yeah. You still got to tell a fucking story. It can't just be blood and guts. It yeah. has to actually be something that's propellant. Exactly. And know? like when you look at the second one, and you look at the troll market, and realize that that's 99% practical effects, it's like... Yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Oh, like that, you need a mind like his to be making these yeah. movies. Oh yeah, you need which is unbelievable. You need somebody with a crazy diary. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which like, can you imagine sometime in the future when those are auctioned off for oh, whatever are reason? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? That'd be amazing. Holy shit! That one, um, the general in the second one, that the creature with the big uh, ball for an arm that shoots out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that's all practical. Yeah, like I would love that. Like just a big statue of that dude. And, yeah. Actually, oh man, it's well, so fucking I'd good. I get divorced if I got. All right. Keep it in a corner. Yeah, it's key. yeah, a big corner. Turn, turn it into an umbrella stand or something. So he's like holding the umbrellas. That's a lot of fucking umbrellas. <laughs> uh, maybe it could be a, a, a deterrent. Like if a guy breaks in, the hammer thing shoots out and like. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I, I still don't think anything I said will get me to be able to get that. You need something. Just just like install a fire-breathing apparatus. It won't be canon, but just install a fire-breathing apparatus and then stick it next to the fire pit. So it's like the world's most gaudy lighter as you just like slap it on the side and it breathes See, fire. Now that we've seen Across the Spider-Verse, I think we need to lay into canon more. Yeah. So, yeah. I, mean, no, I, I would feel guilty now if we did not like the game. All right, so now we're going to move on to the main topic. We are going to uh, invite Al's lovely wife, Kelly, to be joining us. And we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. Long time coming. Um, I haven't gotten a ton into it, but I think I've gotten far enough where I've seen enough where I get the gist of everything and yeah. I've played enough. We so have... how far are you? I, I want to say I've got 10 hours in. Okay. So it's not oh, a it's okay. not a long like not a ton, but being someone who's played Breath of the Wild four times, I've seen enough of the new stuff to get like what fixes have been done and yeah. things that have been adjusted to it. Yeah, there's a, a woman I work with who just finished the main story 120 hours. I'm like, dude, that's a long time yeah. to do in a short amount of time. 120 hours. How many hours do you have? Um. So here's the thing. Yeah. When you have the number of hours on your Switch profile, mm. they're like, it, it, it kind of rounds to like certain amounts. Uh. So the last time it was updated, uh, I have 170 hours. Holy cow! But that's that was as of last week. <laughs> so it's probably, we'll, we'll say a nice, comfortable 200, 200 hours. Yeah. You know why I believe that? Because every time I logged on, you were on <laughs> every single time, and I love it! See, I think that this is actually perfect because we have three tiers of experience. How in the game. far are you at? I'm about halfway through the game. Okay. So she's finished it. I've watched her finish it. So gotcha. I know the story and everything that happened. Yeah, and, and I know and how the ending goes. I'm not a big spoiler guy, so I know the story. Yeah. So like, but and and you've played just a little bit, but yeah. you know the game. I've played enough so that I know what I like and don't like about the mm-hmm. game. And then Kelly has played all the way through, regardless of any frustrations or. Now here's a, here's <laughs> the first question though. Now yeah. they have 200 hours. In. Yeah. Are you still playing it? Is there still a bunch to oh, do? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm still playing. Okay. It. 
Oh, yeah. You um, took a break for, like, the first time yeah, since I, it dropped today. Yeah, and I, I wanted to let him play a little bit okay. more. So we've, I mean, our poor Switch has been going, like, pretty much nonstop. Just crazy. We also haven't installed the patch update that ah, got rid son. of the duplication cheat. Gotcha. Do you know about this? Yes. Are you yeah. aware? Okay, because I'm going to talk aware. about it because it's a it's a big part of how I played the and, game. And here's the thing. I... You're not playing against other people online. Yes. Yeah. It, cheats just make it more fun. Cheats yes. have always made games more fun. That's why Game Genie was a thing in yes. the 90s. Yeah. But Nintendo has always had a hard-on for control. Exactly. Yeah. You were playing the game the way we, we want, want you, you to play I'm not modding it, but you released this game with this cheat. You said it was done. You said it was you done. You said it was done. And also, I don't know if you heard this. Nintendo recently made a statement that this game has been more or less done for about a year. A year. They've been polishing. And Alpha disagrees. I highly disagree with this <laughs> statement. Well, the one thing I want to mention about that is I have seen the technical, like a, a, few, a few technical glitches with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still will put this game up against any third tier release from a major console like PS5 or an Xbox One X. Oh, absolutely. Technically, it is a marvel that they were able to pull this game off on the Switch as well as they did. When I was first playing it and you get the like ultra hand ability and you start fusing stuff, I was like, oh, this is why it's $70. Because the physics programming oh, that went into this is insane. Yeah. We should give grades at the top here of like oh. what we think so far Uh-oh. of the game. And that way we have kind of a, a point of reference. Okay. Sure. So I would what's, say... What's our scale? Uh, I It's usually um, grade school. A, B, C, D. We can do A pluses, B minus, stuff yeah. like that. Fun. So I would, I would personally still give this an A minus. Okay. Because while I do have a lot of frustrations with the game, I have a lot of frustrations with the game, it's still Breath of the Wild's child. And that ultimately means that it's still better than 90% of other games. Exactly. Because it's, exactly. Still, it's still made out of the shell of Breath Which of the Wild. Which I do love that everyone is saying, now that this has come out and it's as good as it is, Starfield better be perfect mm. for Xbox. Because it's like, you have had twice as long to make this game, twice as amount of money, and Breath of the Wild is on antiquated old hardware, and they yeah. got it to run as well as they yeah. did. So you better put out yeah. just perfect. What is your grade 10 hours in? Okay. I'm going to give it an A. Breath of the Wild is still an A+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I, and we'll talk about why I still put that above it. Oh, for sure. Um, I give it an A just because it is Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And they've been able to... I do notice the graphical improvements because this wasn't made for the Wii U like the last one was and they just moved it up. Mm-hmm. I noticed the graphical improvements. Like you were saying, the physics is ridiculous. I love shooting out of the towers and mm-hmm. flying through the sky is pretty awesome. So yeah, so to me it's still, you know, in my top five of greatest video games ever made. Yeah. It's it's that good. Just because, like you said, it's Breath of the Wild's little sibling. Yeah. And it's Clone. It's it's so good. Yeah. Like it's just so it is it is what what Animal Crossing was for me before I got tired of Animal Crossing, which is the I could just put it on for a half hour. 
and just go do shit mm-hmm. and then turn it off and not be like, oh, am I going to forget what I'm doing? Because like I love a lot – I love JRPGs, but it's gotten to the point now where I can only put in maybe an hour a time. And then I go back two days later and I'm like, where the fuck – and the stories are usually <laughs> batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, where the fuck am I? Like Bravely Default 2, I, I put in like 30 hours. I haven't played it in like two months. I'm going to go back. I'm going to have no fucking idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Who are you? What do you do? What's going on here? But this game, you you don't have that problem. No. And no. I love that about it. And for somebody in my position, it's perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. What, do you what about you, Kelly? I, I am also at a straight A. And I'll explain why I'm not doing an A+. But what I love about this game is that you know that feeling where you love something so much and you're like, I wish I could do that again for the first time. Uh, that is 1000% the experience you're going to get playing yeah. this game if you've done Breath of the Wild. And it's so goddamn satisfying. <laughs> it's so nice. You have had a lot of those moments where I can just see it on your face, the excitement and the joy oh, and the, the tears. adventure of it all. So. Yeah. Much like the title, so much crying during certain cutscenes. Yeah. Um, my, the reason why it's not an A plus for me, is there are a couple of moments where it's not quite clear what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and those moments get really frustrating really fast. Yeah. I, spoilers, you fight Ganon. This is a Legend of Zelda game. When I first went down to do. The big grand, because you go to fight Ganon, but it's not just him, right? Mm. Like, there's, it's going to be a whole production because it's the final fight of the game, without saying too much. Mm. When I first went down, I went down with the expectation of, oh, like, this is just going to be my test trial. I'm going to see how difficult it is, see what I should bring with me. And I, through the skin of my teeth, made it through. Oh, wow. But it took forever because I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to be doing. So I was just kind of stuck in this pattern of like, what what am I doing? Mm. <laughs> what do you I want me to, to do? What do you want me to do? And when I looked it up online, I was like, I would have never have assumed to do yeah. that. Uh-huh. Yeah, just moments in, whether it's in shrines or out in the wild, yeah. where you're just like, okay, what do you want me to do? Because I, I think I know what you want me to do, but I can't do it. Yeah, like there was this one shrine that I literally passed by like four times. And I finally looked up where it was. And it was like this one tiny area that I hadn't thought to look where the mm-hmm. entrance was. I was yeah. like, god damn it. Yeah, and there's a lot of, they, they've introduced a cave exploration system into the game, which is great. Uh-huh. Except there's they're so hidden sometimes. Yeah. Which like I get it. That's some of the fun of the game. It's like, oh, I didn't even know there was a cave in this little crevice. Like, okay, I get it. There's also so many more that I thought there were. And there, there's so there's much. no way to track them and it's it's very hard to find a lot of them. Yeah. And then like some of them will have little bunny rabbit sprites outside to tell you that there's a cave nearby and you're like cool. That helps a lot. But like not all of them have yeah. that. And a lot of the ones that aren't even very hidden have a little bunny rabbit be like hey there's a cave whereas like you'll be walking along a cliff trying to find a cave because you know there is one because there's a shrine going off and you're like it has to be somewhere and in this game it finally tells you if it's up or down Mm -hmm. so you're like it's got to be here it's down where's the fucking cave yeah and you can't find it and there's certain things that a deeper 
deeply regret not getting sooner. So like the the camera mm. function, which you need to complete certain like side quests and stuff. I should have gotten that so much sooner. Mm. Let's, I so this is one of my big complaints. Yeah, is that the so when you start Breath of the Wild, you start up the game. Link wakes up in a bath yeah. with his pants off, walks out of a cave, big cinematic moment, and then you're just playing, right? And you're just going, you have this goal of getting the paraglider, but you can see where all the shrines are, and it takes you maybe an hour to play through all the shrines, and then you get the paraglider, and then you're just like, go off into the world, son. Find all the joy you can find, daughter. See how long you can wait to save Zelda. And The prologue is a lot shorter. The, the tutorial is three and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. I'm not kidding. It's three and a half hours long to get through the tutorial. And I'm not talking about just getting through the the first Sky Island that you encounter, mm-hmm. right? Like that's its own thing. Like that just takes, just getting down to Hyrule takes mm-hmm. at least two hours. Yeah, at least two hours. And then if you want to get the paraglider, it's another like hour and a half. And I'm just sitting there like, let me play the fucking game. <laughs> well, it's that's the one thing I noticed about this game is they want to take. What happened in the last game and kind of amp it on steroids. And if you think about it, the um, the opening of Breath of the Wild when you're trying to get the paraglider that takes a while too. It takes like, like an yeah. hour. But I'm talking. It like, does, but this I mean, takes still, like three times. Okay, as it long. takes an hour once you. I think once you've played it. But when you're thinking about that initial traverse where you're trying to figure out, oh, I got to cook this to get to the cold so I don't freeze and. Like it's it's a it was a lot that first one. It was, but it didn't feel as stilted because there's not like in this one. It's like okay, so you wake up, you're mm-hmm. on a sky island. You talk to Raru, the goat man. You go around the sky island. You get all the shrines, mm-hmm. and then you go back to the temple of time, and that takes like two hours. Okay, fine. And then you uh, put the master sword back in the thingy. It goes back in time, and you're like, cool. Now this should be where you get the paraglider, and you can just go mm-hmm. about your business. But it's not because. You actually have to go down, start a mission, do three other missions, go see another guy in another whole fucking area, and then come back and talk to Pura again before you get the paraglider. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't play. I mean, I can, but it's like playing on hard mode mm-hmm. to play without the paraglider. And if you play Breath of the Wild, that's just part of the mechanic is playing mm-hmm. with the paraglider. And so the idea that you have to go and save this one fort and help this one guy retake Castletown and then you got to go back to Pura and then you get the paraglider and we haven't even talked about getting the camera. We haven't talked about all these other things that you have to do where it's like, okay, to get the camera, you have to do like eight missions. <laughs> it's it's like, not that many. It's a lot. To get Robbie back to the, the, the tower so he can actually install the camera on the Pura pad, it's a lot of missions. Because mm. you have to go down mm. into the depths for two different things. You have to complete all these different things for Robbie and Joshua. And it's just, it's just, uh, just give me the thing. <laughs> See, this is, this is where the game is very reminiscent of Majora's Mask, because a lot of people are comparing this, of course, to Ocarina of yeah. Time Majora's Mask. Yeah. Majora's Mask, even though it was a lot different, it was harder. And mm-hmm. I've noticed that about this game. Like, the enemies, 
yeah. I got killed a lot more with one-hit kills in this game than I did the last game. I don't care about that. That's fine. Getting killed with yeah. one-hit kills and underestimating how much health you have or how hard a hit you can take, that's fine. Mm. I Those are user-generated incidents, right? That's a moment where I go in and I'm like, I got this. Hero time. Hero time. And then you get kicked in the chest. Like, hero time. Okay. That one went worse. Let's try that again. And, you know, that's one of my favorite moments in the game is having those moments where you think, like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to come in, I'm mm-hmm. just going to rock your socks, and then you get your socks rocked, and you're like, okay, this is fun. But I feel like it's behind a wall of this tutorial mm-hmm. because you can't really do any of those things until you get all of your equipment, and you can't get your equipment until you do all these missions. And it's just like, it'd be like if King Rome was like, okay, meet me at the Temple of Time after you get these four mm-hmm. th- these four shrines. Okay, hi, Temple of Time. Okay, cool. You want the paraglider? That's awesome. Take this elevator down to the ground and walk to Hatno Village, okay? And now when you get to Hatno Village, there's going to be a person that you have to talk to. That person is going to lead you on a mission to retake a fort nearby. Okay, so now you need to do that. And then you come back here to the Temple of Time and talk to me again, and then I'll give you the paraglider. It's like, or just give me the fucking paraglider. See, the only reason I was... I'm glad they didn't just give that because it was a big crush to me. And the one thing I have a hard time with in this game, which is the biggest mechanic, is building things. Mm -hmm. And by not having the paraglider, it forced me to try to work on my building mechanics, which is... Then I need something to stop me from falling. (laughs) Because they don't give you an option in building stuff that's like put a mattress down so you don't take fall damage. Yeah. And that's what the paraglider is But it does make you... It makes you think more about what you're doing. Yeah, but I will agree with you. But it also, like I said, there's if, if they gave me a Zonai device mm-hmm. that I could use or attach to a shield or something that made it so that my landing was negated, you know, I'm not picky. Put a, a device on it that shoots a, a lake, like mm-hmm. a portable lake under me that I can dive into. I'm not picky. But, like, there's not even that. So, like, if you jump off a cliff, you can have all the Zonai devices you want in the entire world. None of them are mm-hmm. going to stop you from dying from fall damage, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if there was an, uh, another option, like, it, you don't have enough of those gliders to, to mm-hmm. just deploy them whenever you're at the top of a mountain and then, like, kind of skiff them off and kind of just float down. There's no other alternative to the mm-hmm. paraglider. It was, like, part of the fun of the game was, mm-hmm. like, I would jump off a thing and then soar, and it was faster than walking. And like, but that was one of the fun mechanics of the game. Why are you getting rid of it? No, I, I can see where you're coming from, and I agree. And it, the paraglider is my favorite thing. Yeah, like it's my easily my favorite. I think I might be a little more like easygoing with it because one of my favorite games ever is Xenoblade Chronicles X. I don't know if you ever played that. It was on the no. Wii. You probably didn't play it. The best thing about that is you get these big mechs called Skells, mm-hmm. but you have to go pretty much 25 hours into the game before you get them. Mm-hmm. And just like you're saying, be able to traverse it. So I I, th- I don't know if I'm just used to that mechanic where it's like, okay, I got to wait a little bit. Because it didn't take too long. Like I, I, Oh, it felt I, like it took forever for me. I you think also it was got only, distracted by stuff. Well, I explored. Because I went right after the paraglider. It took me like a couple hours. See, like I explore an area, so I'll land mm. in an area, I'll look and I'll try and harvest any supplies I can get and look for any special things I can get mm. so I don't have to come back and get them again. 
And so, like, naturally things take longer for me. I got you. But, like, it took me, like, three sittings of not insubstantial gameplay to mm-hmm. get the paraglider. <laughs> like, it was it was one of those things where when I went to Pura, I was like, okay, so now you're going to give me the paraglider. And she was like, no, you got to go save this captain who's fighting all these monsters. It's like, just give me the paraglider now, mm-hmm. and I'll go do it anyway, because mm-hmm. I like fighting monsters. <laughs> monsters. So, like, th- that's not an issue for me. Yeah. But you could give me the paraglider now. I don't know what the purpose of withholding it is. Mm. You know, like if it is to try and make you look at the game differently or approach it differently, that's fine. But there's there's a hole left mm. because there's no alternative to the paraglider either. Mm. So now it's just like this game where the map is exactly the same as it was in the first one, where a lot of it was built in such a way so that you were supposed to glide from one area to another that's just gone mm-hmm. and it, it you know it i'm not saying it's i'm saying it's a frustration like so many things in this game it's a frustration mm-hmm. going over to a ladder and hitting jump and jumping past the ladder oh, like, and jumping past the ladder and jumping past the ladder you call this polished <laughs> you yeah. said you said you could have released this a year ago he, link doesn't know what a ladder is when i'm jumping at a ladder he's mm-hmm. like oh, i don't know what you want me to do and there's like a million things like that of just like when you get the sages mm-hmm. and you have the sages that follow you around, there's no mechanic for bringing them in and out. We call it pokeballs. There's no mechanic for putting them in and out of their pokeball. You have to go to the general menu mm-hmm. and click them on and off. How is this the best mechanic for this? This is you. You gotta be kidding me, yeah. right? Like, just don't say that you had a year to polish it because this doesn't feel polished. See, what I'm wondering is. There's so many mechanics in this game that mm-hmm. some of them they're just like fuck it. We like we got so much to do that they can't they couldn't perfect everything. Which yeah. I I mean I'm still blown away by some of the shit you can do in this game. Like, oh, I'm not saying it's not impressive. It's crazy impressive. It's absolutely insane. It's super impressive. Like I said, I still give it an A minus, yeah. but it you know it's also the clone of a very you know over exceeding student. And so I'm going to look at it I'm and be sorry. like... Breath of the Wild's the greatest game ever made. So this it's is the what clone I'm of saying. the greatest video game ever this made. This is what I'm saying, yeah. is that it goes above and beyond. And those moments where, like, I don't remember having issues jumping past ladders in the mm-hmm. first one. It may have happened, it may not, but it wasn't something that I got stuck on. It happens so often in this game. Mm-hmm. It feels like it happens, like, three or four times every time I'm playing a game. It's just, like, a moment of, like, no, that's not, no, that's not what I want to do. No, game, mm-hmm. come on. You know what I want you to do. That happens a lot with building things. Of just, like, here's an axle, here's a wheel. Okay, so now I'm going to put the wheel right by the axle, right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so game, you're going to put the wheel on the axle, right? Uh Uh-huh. And it sticks it to the body of the the carriage. And it's just like, I swear to God, (laughs) what do you think I'm doing? What do you... Well, that's... I am dog shit at building things. Yeah. Like, truly, I, I am just terrible at it. I know I just need to play it more and work on it more and I'll get better at it. But as of right now, I'll build something and it doesn't work. And I'm just yeah. like, God damn it. It's wasted like 30 minutes building this fucking plane that doesn't even move. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn it. Okay, I'll just walk. I don't give yeah. a shit. My thing with the Breath of the Wild uh-huh. and why I love it so much and why I will put it above this game is Breath of the Wild being the first to do what it did. Mm-hmm. And I know they were trying to duplicate the whole sense of awe when you first jump off the Sky Island and you're flying over Hyrule and the title comes up. They were trying to replicate when you came out of the Temple of of Resurrection 
and you run and you see, you're never going to be able to duplicate that. No. Like that to me, I still get goosebumps if I play that game and you run out of that and they show you Hyrule and you're just like, holy fuck. Yeah. Well, it's an evolutionary thing, right? Yes. So you have to take what it began as and evolve it into its next form. It's yes. the same as any sequel. You can't just do this. You have to evolve it. That was the problem with The Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Yes. Was that you had all this stuff and then they didn't evolve any of it. They just dumped it in a dumpster and they said, we're going to do the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, all of those things. And everybody was like, why the fuck? The, the Haldo maneuver does not make up for all this yeah. bullshit, guys. Like, that's a cool scene and a cool shot. Doesn't make up for Benicio Del Toro's whole everything that's going on yeah. in this movie. By the way, do you remember that Benicio Del Toro was in a Star Wars movie? Unfortunately, my least favorite Star Wars movie ever. Oh, boy. Anyway, I I look at this and I it's just, it's not fair. It's mm. You know, it goes back to that comment I make on so many things. It's not fair for me to have these criticisms because I'm coming in with expectations that are so much higher than anybody could possibly possibly mm-hmm. get to and i think that if it really comes down to just nintendo's brazen you know we this game has been done you mm-hmm. know like I, that just rubs me so wrong to to be standing up and being like we're so cool everybody we could have released this last year but you know what we're so cool. We didn't because mm-hmm. we wanted to make it just extra good for you. And I'm just sitting here like, then why can't Link climb ladders? Why is in the, the Sheikah menu, why is there an option to open the map? I already have the map to a button. Mm-hmm. There, there's a button that just opens the map. I don't need a second way to open the map that mm-hmm. I'm going to use accidentally every time. I'm never going to go to my Sheikah menu to open the map. That's asinine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why isn't that the thing to summon the sages? That okay? Why? Why? This is polished for a year? Come on, you know. Yeah. You know there are the frustrations, but once again, I, I I hate to say this, but I think I'm getting old <laughs> because Breath of the Wild when it came out, and I don't I don't know once again if it's I'm getting old, and video games are starting to lose a little bit of luster with me, but like Breath of the Wild when that came out, I could not stop playing it. Yeah. Like, I thought about it constantly. I played it every night. Mm-hmm. I would stay up way too fucking late and get no sleep. And now it's like, like I said, I put in like 10 hours. And there have been a lot of nights where I'm like, ah, I'm just going to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I never, ever. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the game or if I'm just getting older. I Yeah. It, it, for me, I've, I've also had a lot of those moments with uh-huh. this game. You know, like, where... I'll tell Kelly, yeah, I'm going to go do something. And then five hours later, she comes back and I'm still playing Zelda. Yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of moments where I find myself just playing for hours on end. Yeah. And it's not like Pokemon Violet, where it was a game that I would play for hours on end, but also was just unfinished. It was yeah. just not oh, a was, finished yeah. game. Totally broken, yeah. This is This is far better than that, yeah. right? I, I come off hard on it because I'm frustrated with some of these things that other people would say are little i would say happen enough that i find it frustrating and i just i i just wanted everything to be perfect and that's not fair that's yeah. that's totally unfair for me to be like no you're a clone of the greatest game of all time you have to be the greatest game of all time plus 10 yeah. and it's like that's that's impossible, it is impossible. you it's can't do it no. and considering they added 
two new domains to the entire map of Hyrule. It's incredibly well done. Oh, it's unbelievable. The monsters that they've brought in that weren't in the first game that are Zelda mainstays, like Like Likes and Gibdos and fucking bringing in Gleox from the very first game, unless you count the uh, CDI Zeldas. Mm. Uh, Like, just these really cool touches that I really enjoy and and the, the battle mechanics of all those things. I think that... The horns, the way that they've done the horns mm-hmm. as a basically a way to make your weapons better. As you kill a monster, you get a horn, you attach that horn to a weapon, and now your weapon doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I do think some of the horns look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they, do, they, <laughs> look they look cool. so stupid. Yeah. And when you stick them on the end of a sword, it doesn't make them look less stupid. Yeah. You know, so like there are a lot of moments like that of, you know, and, and that just is part of the mechanic of the game is sometimes the fuse looks really cool. You know, you get a Lionel horn and you fuse it to a sword and it's this really cool, badass-looking sword. And you're like, yeah, this is what I want. But then sometimes you get a, you know, a, a monster part and you fuse it to a sword and it ends up just kind of getting, like, roped to the end yeah. of the sword and it looks stupid and you're like, oh, that's not nearly as cool as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Or, like, it happens with spears all the time. You put something on the end of the spear and you're just like... That looks stupid. That doesn't that doesn't look cool at all. I wanted this to look cool, and instead it's like you put a little styrofoam rock on the end of a spear. <laughs> it's like See now, I had a question for you. Do you think part of our problem with this game is that it's too much like Breath of the Wild? And so to me, I think that's one of the things that might keep me from like craving to play it. Mm-hmm. Because it's so similar, even though there are a lot of differences. It's so similar that I'm almost feel like sometimes I'm playing the same game. Yeah. Like just I and I don't want to use this because the technical achievements they pulled off are amazing and they did make a high rule that you spent already hundreds of hours in feel new. Yeah. It still though feels like a DLC. It does. In a lot of ways it in does feel like a DLC. I think that's where the above and below really comes into form mm-hmm. is like because if it was just like you go to Kakariko Village and there's weird shit going on in Kakariko Village, or you go to Hatno and now there's this woman running for mayor who's obsessed mm. with mushrooms, and you're like, okay, this is weird. Um, like it, if it was just that, I think that would be one thing. But I think the fact that there is this sense of like the sky and mm. the underground, the underground especially, I think is the the thing that they really did not talk a lot about that I think is super unique and interesting mm. to this game is just this idea of wandering around in the dark not just because you don't have a map it's literally the dark you can't see shit yeah. and just the ways that you have to invent to to come up with like okay it's not that i'm dying because i'm cold or something it's because th- there's no fucking light and then i walk through a puddle and that puddle doesn't just decrease my health it decreases my maximum health mm-hmm. so now it's like okay even if i have 10 hearts if i walk through a puddle all those hearts go away after a while and I can't get them back until I either do this or do this or eat this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is, I like this a lot. This is really cool. <laughs> this is really, really cool. And like all the stuff with the Yigas down there. And again, you're looking at an evolution of the game. I think the same way of uh, stuff like how they've upgraded shield surfing in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Where like, it, you know, you have to get the right item. But if you stick a cart or a mine cart or, you know, something, not a wheel, ironically... Um, but you stick something on a shield and you shield surf, it is so much better than shield surfing ever was before. And it's like, this is so rad. This is so cool. 
And I love sticking the flamethrower to your shield. Right? I kill so many Or the so beam many emitter, or like all the, the cool yeah. things that turn your shield into an offensive and defensive weapon. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this, this shit is really cool. There are, again, the shield is one of those things where you kind of have to swallow it when something looks stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just kind of have to be like, okay, yeah, that's a giant rock on my shield and it doesn't look cool. But then you get moments like Kelly in her raid of the castle at one point. Uh, put a shield on or put a bookcase on a shield so it looked like she had a giant bookcase oh, that's awesome as a shield yeah. it's like this is cool you get a that big metal cool. plate you put it on a shield now you got a big centurion style just metal plate yeah. shield like you're fucking a robocop nice. and it's like this is cool yeah this is rad um i do think that if you put a wheel on a shield it should act as a wheel <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I concur. If you put, there's there's uh, there's two types of wheels. There's big wheels and there's smaller wheels. The smaller wheels have kind of like that 1950s like uh, aesthetic of like mm. the, 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 the wheel well kind of covers most of the wheel. And every time I look at it, I'm like, just put the shield on the back of the wheel well <laughs> and you. ride it like a one wheel. <laughs> Why is this hard? Mm-hmm. The first time I saw that, I was like, really, game? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. And and this is not fair because that's the kind of complaints I end up having. Is like I look at all the stuff, I'm like, this is so cool. Why does this one thing suck? <laughs> it's like that's not in a that's not a fair way to appraise a, a piece of art like this. Yeah. Is to to look at this whole canvas and be like, oh, it's amazing. I hate this one corner and it ruins the game for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not fair and it's not objective either. It's that that's letting small things that frustrate me get in the way of the larger piece as a whole. Yeah. Which it's it it reminded me of last week's review. Like we had our little nitpicks. Yeah. But as a whole, we could still appreciate As a whole, it's still a beautiful still masterpiece yeah, of a game. It's still absolutely amazing. I wish that things went faster at times. Mm-hmm. I God help me. I get that they wanted to add flavor to the game and everything. Mm. There's at least three text boxes too many to every conversation you have with any yeah, character. Yeah, I noticed that. They just go on and on and on. And it's not like they're adding any information. They're just adding flavor to the game. And it's like, I get it. If you want to sit down and talk to all these people, now there's all this flavor and text and everything. But when you just want to get your next mission, and it's just like, all right. I don't care. I don't care about your election. I don't care. I'm trying to make a cheese shop. I don't care. I'm like, just fucking shut up. And that's where I think Nintendo and the creators of Zelda should have looked at a game. Like Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Skyrim did it just perfect to where when you go talk to somebody, you get just enough information from that yeah. person. And there are a far more NPCs in that game that you talk to than in this yeah. game. So, and it's like that, I think they perfected it. To where this is very JRPG. Yeah. Because that's always been the criticism of people who who are not fans of that genre. Is some of the NPCs, some of the cutscenes will go on for They just don't shut ever. up. No, not at all. At one point, we were we were towards the end of the game. I was watching Kelly play. I'm sorry to the friends and enemies at home. Kelly had to tap out. Yes. Um, so she will not be joining us for the rest of the review. But thank you, Kelly, for, for yes. coming in. thank you so much. Um, but... Uh, Kelly, while she was playing at one point, skipped the end of a cutscene because we thought it had just naturally ended. <laughs> oh, shit. And it hadn't. And it, it wasn't a big deal. It was just like your friends show up and like you missed the, the splash shot of all the friends showing up. Yeah. And it's like, okay. But it was still this moment of like, game, <laughs> what's your pacing? What's going on with this pace and this this meter? It doesn't make any sense sometimes of just like, I 
don't care about this, that, and the other thing. I'm just trying to activate the side mission for the thing that I found that I can't do until yeah. I activate the side mission. And I don't care about all this flavor text that goes into it. Maybe I should. Maybe it would make my game experience better. But I'm here to experience the visceral side of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Not just like the the more mundane day-to-day side of Breath of the Wild. That's what I do when I get to the end of the game. Mm. You know, and now I'm trying to forge a path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing everything in my power, including cloning and GMOs and turning into Monsanto for Hyrule over mm-hmm. here because I use that duplication glitch all the <laughs> fucking time. Really crazy. Oh my god. If I get one item, I will spend about 20 minutes and duplicate it into 40 items. Yeah. Because I'm just like, fuck it. Fuck it. This is what makes the game fun. I'm not going to go around collecting star pieces when I can just spend 20 minutes and have 80 star pieces and just be done with it. See, I think that's my positive is I never got into that mm-hmm. before they fixed the glitch. So I'm not missing out in oh, my it, mind. It tells us every time, do you want to download the, the patch? Uh-huh. And I'm like, fuck no. Start, start <laughs> no, software, baby. I'm see, not I here have for automatic it. download. So to me, I don't think I ever... Yeah. Like, I, by the time I got back from Disney World, I think it already had been patched. Yeah. So I was like, All No, right. Kelly turned off our automatic downloads when we found out that they were patching it. We were like, no, fuck no. This is the most fun <laughs> thing in the goddamn game. It turns you into a god. Yeah. It was just like, I just look at, I just imagine Link standing in a field just like, using all this energy from the Triforce and just like, this one big hearty radish starts multiplying into more radishes. And it's like, eh. Now, can you use that glitch on anything? You can use like it on... Like rubies and stuff like that? You can use it on anything you can hold. Okay. But, if it's a living creature, it will run away. Okay. So I found that out the hard way with some things, trying to clone fireflies and, and bugs and whatnot, and okay. they, just, they, they just go. They're okay. just gone. Um, so it's really good... For, like, food and monster items is how I primarily use it. Anything that you would also use to upgrade clothes as well. But, like, I got one diamond out of a shrine, and I turned it into a hundred diamonds. Oh, my God. Because I was just like, I'm not going to fucking worry about money in this game. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. I want to have fun. This is for fun, right? This is part of the fun is this. And you said this was the polished version of the game, so I'm going to fucking cheat. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck all y'all. And like what Kelly said... It's not cheating if you're not playing against somebody. Yeah. You're just using I'm enhancing the my game. own experience of the game. Exactly. That's all I'm doing. Exactly. And any way you want to have fun. Yeah. Fucking do it. And it's not like I can, you know, raise my actual level this way. Mm. The only thing that it really allows me to do is have powerful items on hand mm. and be able to upgrade clothes and things without having to put a ton of effort and materials into something. Mm. Because it's just like, oh, I need, you know... 10 Bacoblin guts, let me just go clone those like the goddamn hero of time that I am. And I'll come back and I'll make my armor better yeah. because I'm the hero of time. And, you know, that's that's the ongoing meme for us is just, ah, oh, hero of time, hero of time coming through. Or when you get fucked up, you're like, oh, fuck, hero of time. Oh, fuck, I'm the hero of time. I'm the hero of time. <laughs> I do love, and I haven't gotten to this point yet. Have you gotten to the point where you're at Link's old house. Yes. And how now it's referred to as Zelda's, Zelda's house. house. <laughs> it's like she stole his house. Yeah, yeah. Like he did all those tasks in, in Breath of the Wild to get the house and now it's Zelda's house. Or they moved in together. Well, even if they moved in together, everyone in the village still refers to Zelda's, Zelda's house. And it's like, wait a second. Link yeah. got that house by doing a million things for those dudes. Later in the game, for anybody who loves Terrytown 
in the first game. Mm. Terrytown is you don't have to build Terrytown this time. Yeah, that's it's, good. It's a thriving community now. Even though I did enjoy that was a lot of fun, right? Terrytown. That was, that was yeah, one of the most fun it. side missions really in Breath was. of the Wild is building Terrytown. It really was. Um, but now you can actually make a house in Terrytown. That's what I heard. And so it's kind of like Animal Crossing meets Zelda meets Minecraft because you get like these units and you you get like 14 units and you can put them together in any orientation that you want uh-huh. and then they turn into a house. That's awesome. And it's like, "Oh, this is this is cool." And like this is the kind of shit that I love about this game. Yeah. It's like this and shield surfing and the new monsters and the I do like as silly as sometimes the weapons look, I do like the fusing of weapons and shields and stuff like that. I do like fusing stuff to arrows. I think that's really cool. Okay. You know, I I I appreciate that they gave us some alternatives for bombs. Nothing will ever be as good as the remote bombs that we had in the last game. So that's kind of like a, a another little nitpicky thing is like you got rid of my bombs. Yeah. You got rid of my Rivali's Gale. I use this shit, man. Like all the I fucking do time. Really, really miss Rivali's Gale. It was so fucking useful. Yeah. And like I get and it. Also, also Mifa's Grace. Oh my god. Every time I get killed, I'm like, what? Come on, bring me five. Yeah. Mifa. <laughs> I relied on Mifa extensively because by the time I had finished Breath of the Wild, I had upgraded Mifa's recovery time. So, like, I didn't have to worry about fairies Mm -hmm. because if I died, I'd get recovered by Mifa and then I wouldn't die for 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, Mifa would regen. So I die, rinse, repeat, never have to worry about fairies. Yes, never have to worry about And now it's like there's no no regen there's there's just fairies and i think that's what kept this from being an a plus for me is because i do miss stuff from there's a lot of stuff i miss miss. guardians yeah i loved yeah and especially i got really really good Good. at reflecting the laser blast back with my shield yeah and i miss those moments yeah and i'd like just as you're like in the dark if you're flying from a tower and you see the guardians walking and you see their yeah. red eyes i miss that yeah no there's a lot of moments like that, that i miss like they introduce new monsters like the doom hands which yeah. are like these they're just doom hands <laughs> and the ents i'm going to call them yeah the yeah. walking trees I'm yeah. like, what the fuck is what that? is this what's happening <laughs> what is that? um and so there there are some new monsters that you're like okay but there's also not hide nor hair of a guardian except at the very top of pura's office mm. Is there's a there's a guardian if you climb to the very top of her old hat no office. Mm-hmm. There's a guardian up there. Otherwise, there's not hide nor hair nor no. mention of guardians. At one point, we were working off the theory that when Zelda goes back in time, spoilers, Zelda goes back in time. Um, it's the very first thing that happens in the game. <laughs> yeah. um, when Zelda goes back in time, she establishes an alternate timeline where the guardians didn't exist, and that's why you don't see any of them. But then there's one and and like these little moments of like. Uh, I think it was, um, maybe, I can't remember whether it was during an actual thing in the game or whether it was Matt Mercer is Mm -hmm. DMing that Critical Role series that also (coughs) takes place uh, within the same world. He may have mentioned it. I can't remember who said anything about it, but something about the Guardians being decommissioned and moved on from. And I'm just like... I still feel like there's something we could do. There should be pieces of them unless somebody walked around Hyrule and picked up all all of of them up. Picked all and of now, those up. That was another question for you who have gone a lot farther and watched Kelly. Do they? Is there a mention of the Divine Beast? Do you no. see them? No. What the fuck happened to them? And they don't talk about... They're the, giant robotic creatures. There's a statue of Mipha. They don't talk about Urbosa. They don't talk about Daruk. They don't talk about Rivali. See, that bothers me. Yeah. It's like they were such a... And this is only supposed to be... What maybe five ten years after the last I think game? Eight. I think they said they said it's eight years. Eight years after the last game. So, 
what the fuck happened to Divine Beast? Why are all of these guard, these uh, champions who made such an impact at the end of the game just not? Even if you argue like, okay, so the reason the champions aren't in the game is that their spirits moved on after the defeat of Calamity Ganon, right? Their spirits moved on to the afterlife. Yeah. Okay, where yeah. are the Divine Beasts? They didn't move on to no. the afterlife. But even if their spirits moved on, how is there no sign of them as far as like yeah like you said the there's statue literally of, just a statue of me yeah how are there no statues of the others how is there no mention of them yeah it's like i love ravali I'm yeah sorry. i have his amiibo i love ravali so much ravali's too much of an asshole for me he's an asshole but he's fucking awesome he's the emo kid in the anime that i'm just like fucking shut up sasuke like i still the greatest video game trailer ever was the um the trailer for Breath of the Wild that they showed at the end of the introduction of the Switch. Uh-huh. And it has that great part at the end where all of a sudden the theme song ramps up and you see Rivali in the sky. And I remember when I first saw that, I was like, that looks so fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, it really, like, the, the you can say what you want about him, but he looked oh so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love Rivali. Everything about all the characters look cool. Yeah. Like, the character design in Breath of the Wild, and for that matter, in Tears of the Kingdom, is really good. Yeah. You get um, the the new um, Rito is uh, uh, Tulin. Mm. I always call him Threlin. <laughs> it's Tulin. And he's like Teba's son, who oh. was in the last game, and all these other things. He's designed really well. He's cute, but he's not annoying. There are moments where I'm like, Tulin, buddy, you're killing me here, mm-hmm. man. Because like, when he instead of having Rivali's Gale shoot you up, you have Tulin's thing, and it shoots you forward. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, the way that you activate that is by going near the the spirit of Tulin and hitting A twice, and it'll propel you forward. Mm-hmm. But when you're collecting things. And Tulin is just following you around right behind your back. And you're trying to sneak up on fairies or catch frogs. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to rapidly hit A because you don't want to miss the the hit window. And then Tulin's like, let me blow some air for you. It's like, no, buddy. Fucking fucking God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to turn you off. I'm putting you back in your Pokeball. (laughs) You can come out when I'm ready for you. And there, again, just a few too many moments like this of just like you have... So many... This was my experience with Mario Odyssey 2. You have so many buttons on this goddamn controller. (laughs) Stop thinking that you can only use these three. Yeah. Like, especially with Mario Odyssey, that was a a huge frustration for me. It was just like, I don't... I'm not good at motion controls. Map it to a fucking button. (laughs) Oh, God. With the jumping on the hat. (laughs) That drove me absolutely nuts. Especially because you make... One of the greatest controllers ever in the Pro Controller. And yeah. it's like, I want to just play every game with that. I rage quit out of Mario Odyssey. We're on a tangent now. I rage quit out of Mario Odyssey at least three times. Yeah. And I'm playing it with Kelly. I'm not playing it alone. We're playing it together. And I'll be controlling Mario and she'll be the hat. And I'll just be like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this is making me so mad you know, and frustrated. Anytime they've ever pigeonholed motion controls into a game, it's never It's never good. Way. Like, look at Skyward Sword. Yeah. That I still have never finished. It's the only Zelda game I've never finished. I just don't like the designs in Skyward no, Sword. I don't either. Like, not, not, nothing about it is interesting. Nope. But there's a lot of stuff about it that's stupid looking. Yeah. So it's like, okay, there's nothing for me to hang my hat on, but there's a lot of stuff for me to critique. Especially, like, combo. there are a lot of people who are have negative viewpoints on uh, Twilight Princess. I like Twilight I Princess. I really fine. love Twilight Princess. Yeah, I think, again, Twilight Princess is a little long in the tooth. Yes. If we're, if we're complaining about tutorials... 
The Twilight Princess tutorial, tutorial is fucking long. It's fucking endless. Yes. It's fucking endless. Even when you finish it, you don't feel like you're done. Yeah. You're still waiting for them to be like, okay, now do this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, now you're playing the game. Now you can just do stuff. And it's like, really? Because I feel like I'm still waiting on bated breath for you to tell mm-hmm. me what I need to do next so I can be free. Because I just spent five hours fishing in this fucking lake oh and trying God. to catch this goddamn bird and corralling goats. So am I actually free or what? Yeah. And, it, you know... Other than that, I I do like Twilight Princess a lot. I think that it has a good aesthetic. I think that it's kind of Force Awakens in the way that it's an apology to anybody who wanted Wind Waker to look like this. Yeah. (laughs) And I hate, I want to punch those people because Wind Waker is... Wind Waker's amazing. Amazing. It's amazing. Especially... It might be my favorite Zelda game besides Breath of the Wild. I don't understand why Nintendo does not release the HD remake... On the Switch, because the HD remake on the Wii U w- took a great game and not only made it better, yeah, but it made it a lot better. A lot better. The visuals were incredible. It gave you the fast sales that you can go quickly around. It's like, I loved the writing notes and throwing the bottles in the water and getting notes from all over the world from people. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. But it's like, fucking release. You have the two HD collection. You have the HD collection of, of Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD that were locked on the Wii U. Fucking release them on the Switch. You will yeah. sell millions of copies. Yeah. And you you can't tell me. Okay, so maybe some of the tablet controls need to be... But you could play it just on the tablet. So obviously yeah. they fixed that already. It should be a cut and paste. It should be easy. A cut and paste. Yeah. You will sell fucking gazillions of those. You don't need to shoehorn in some motion control element no. to Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. No. And like, oh, now if you pull out... The, the grappling hook, you have to, like, use the controller to aim precisely at where you want to put it. And it's yeah. like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. I want to tell you right now, I fucking hate this so much. Yeah. Going back to Tears of the Kingdom, I do think that this is a really good game. Mm. And I do think it's worth $70, which is a big yes. price to pay. It's a huge price to pay. But it does fix many of the complaints of Breath of the Wild in terms of, like, I know people who hated how quickly weapons broke yeah. in, Bre- in Breath of the Wild. And this is now a nice alternative Mm -hmm. is like, even if your weapon breaks, you still have the ability to make a new one and not only make a new one, but kind of customize a new one to your, your personal taste of what you want this weapon to look like and do. And I really like that. I really wish that the menus were a little different. They, they took the Sheikah slate off of the up on the D pad and put it on the L1 on the, mm. the controller. That's so confusing and mm-hmm. I get it wrong all the fucking time. Switch those when you're trying to rotate things, when mm. you're fusing them together. That is so confusing to me. That is just one of those like, I'm just pushing buttons until it gets into the position I want it to mm-hmm. be in. Because it's so baffling to me sometimes to try and figure out like, okay, if I want to turn it clockwise, I have to shift it down and then over and then up and then down and then over huh what it's this is a rubik's cube why is this a rubik's cube i'm just trying to turn it 90 degrees that's all i want to do yeah i have a lot of issues with that so many problems with it so many problems with it and it's just like if it's user issue that's one thing if it's the game not being designed to account for user issue that's another in Mm -hmm. my mind and so like you know these things of just like it's not perfect Mm -hmm. And I don't expect it to be perfect. It's not fair for me to say that it should be perfect. But it's also not quite as good as Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. And I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a level of disappointment to it of just like, 
you know, in Breath of the Wild, I never have a moment of like, okay, game, how are you going to fuck me today? Yeah. Whereas with Tears of the Kingdom, there are moments of like, okay, game, I like you, you are ambivalent to me, let's get along, okay? Yeah. Let's let's just try and find kind of middle ground page. today. See, I I look at, the, the one takeaway I took from this game, and, and it made me think more about this, there are a lot of haters out there with the Switch. Mm-hmm. It is antiquated hardware. It was outdated when it was released, pretty much, as yeah. far as what it could do. But I want people who love video games to look at games like this. I think another top... It, it probably, it, I'm not a fighting genre fan, but I look at Smash Brothers mm-hmm. and the technical achievement of what they did. Because if you think about that game... You know, a lot of people say Breath of the Wild and, and Tears of Kingdom, and they are. They're incredible. They're beautiful. They're fantastic. You know, same thing with, with Smash Brothers. You know, it's not photorealistic like no. people all want with these games. But you look at what Nintendo was able to do with this hardware and the amount of polish, even with our with our issues, the amount of polish that has gone into these games, it's unbelievable yeah. how well it is done the fact that these minor things are our complaints yes and not that the fuse mechanic doesn't work yes. <laughs> it just doesn't exactly work. no matter how hard you try no matter how much you want to do it doesn't work that's not the issue yes it's just that it doesn't work as well as i would really like it to work if it could work just a little better yeah and you know like these things that ultimately are minor problems you know we're talking about a, about a half a letter grade down for me and you both of just like I expected this to be an A plus it's an A minus yeah. so you expected an A plus it's an A it's not nearly as bad as some of the shit we've had to sit through in the last yeah. year video game or otherwise of just like you come in you're like this is gonna be great and then you get Thor Love and Thunder and you're like oh fuck me I guess yeah, huh that's fucking tough. and so I do really like this game yeah I I hope that in time, Nintendo, like Sony, kind of finds a way to fix some of the, the little quirky things mm-hmm. that don't quite work. But overall, I, I can't, I can only complain so much about it because so much of the game is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about photorealism. Photorealism is one of those George Lucas finish lines of like, it's photorealistic for now. Yes. 10 years down the line, exactly. how's that going to look? Exactly. You know, I remember when some of those Resident Evil games were photorealistic. And now you look at them compared to the re-releases. And it's dog shit. And it's just like, okay, this wasn't, this was photorealistic yeah. for the time. And I'd much rather have a stylized thing like Mario, like Mario Kart, which I honestly, with the next few updates for our Mario Kart, I just want them to turn into Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Put Pikachu, put Princess Zelda, put fucking Ganondorf, all these characters, just put them all mm-hmm. in. You already have Inkling and Villager. See, and that's the thing though, and this is another tangent. I look at games like Mario Kart 8, and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I don't know how you can make another one. Yeah. They are literally perfected. That's what I'm saying, is that the only way you can make Mario Kart 8 better is just add more non-Mario Nintendo characters. Yes. Just Which really, them in. just do, like, do Mario Kart 8 Ultimate on Switch 2 or whatever. Exactly. And have the exact same, maybe add some more... Add a few more levels. A few more levels and add more characters. More carts. 
That game's perfect. It's perfect. It is perfect. It is absolutely perfect. That is one of those games that every time we pick it up, I never complain. Yeah. Like, it took me years to get to a point where I wasn't angry when playing Mario Kart. I used to get really pissed when I would play Mario Kart. But now, I've just gotten to a point of, like, I don't fucking care. I place where I place, and I'm just going about my business. And, you know, I don't even look at the stats of my cart. Yeah. I build my cart purely on aesthetics of just, like... I think this looks funny. Yeah. And so I put a tiny set of wheels on a big old battleship. And I'm like, <laughs> and, you know, that that's how I play. Yeah. And I find enjoyment in that. So, like, just just make it so I can play as and fucking is, Diddy Kong. I think that's been sold, like, over 50 million It's one of their highest selling. Which I would love, you know, because everyone talks about Grand Theft Auto and Tetris and Minecraft. It's like, yeah, but those were on a lot of different platforms. I'm wondering where Mario Kart fits on a single, because even though it was on the Wii U, mm-hmm. the Wii U had sold 11 million systems. I think it sold like maybe seven or eight million copies, mm-hmm. and that's not even counted in on like the 50 plus million that they've sold in this. I'm wondering where it sits as far as a single system standalone game. Yeah, because it's fucking insane. Yeah, to think that it sold that much. Well, and like think about what they're doing. They are systematically, like, once a quarter, releasing new tracks. Yes. And we're excited about it. Oh, because they're amazing. We're thrilled. We're not sitting here like, oh, it should be faster. We're like, oh, I paid for it. Why isn't it all available now? It's like, oh, my God, the new tracks are dropping, and it's going to be fucking baller. And, like, this clearly works. It's so good. Do more of this. (laughs) Um, And it's, you know, and the, the, the thing that also kind of ruined me with games like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is... They took the open world mechanics that, like Skyrim, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, had kind of created with the open world, and they made it better. Yeah. And so when you play games which are these supposed to be these big technical achievements, like I love Resident Evil and uh, Dead Space, and I got the remakes of both, Resident Evil 4 and Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Beautiful games. Great games. Linear as fuck. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, I played the first God of War, the 2016, because it came, no, 27, it came out the same year as Breath of the Wild, or right around when that came out. I haven't played Ragnarok, but even that first one, it's visually beautiful, and the cutscenes are rewatching a movie, but then it's brutally linear, and yeah. it's gotten to the point now where I can't play linear games anymore. Well, and that's the problem with Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess is brutally linear. It is brutier, yeah, brutally linear. And so, like, you look at Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where you can literally just make your own adventure. And you have to account for the fact that the gamer might come in with three hearts, they might come in with 16 hearts, they might have a full inventory, they might have jack shit, and they've just kind of crawled their way to this spot. And you still have to tell the story in a way that is effective and effective Mm -hmm. and can be followed. Mm-hmm. So you have these backstory pieces in these these kingdom tiers that mm-hmm. you, you go around and you collect. And they tell you what's actually going on in the story. But there's no like, okay, so first you got to go to this one. And then you're going to go to this one. And then you go to this one. So like I got like two of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. All right. This is fun. And then I got the third one. And it was one of the characters died. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, not even in this cutscene. This was that character's gravestone. Oh, <laughs> my God. Just like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. And but it it flows. You you understand what's going on and you don't feel like the characters are talking down to you. You know, it's not like sitcoms where it's like, I can't believe you mm. let Joshy die. And it's like you know, there's none of this like coddling or hand holding yeah. and it it still flows really well really well. And that that has to be 
emphasized is just like yeah there's too many text boxes yeah it takes forever to get fucking anywhere in the game to begin with yeah you have to really work at it for mm. some stuff yeah the fusing stuff is a little goofy at times and doesn't always work the way you want it to it's still fucking brilliant it really because is. you you still have the base code of breath of the wild in there plus two new lands to explore plus a really dynamic engaging story that can be viewed from multiple angles yeah so it's just incredible to think like oh yeah they accounted for this they accounted for you knowing this and they accounted for you not knowing this yeah. And how you can, like, there was um, a shrine I was in where I you needed to, I can't, it's one of the earlier ones where you need to get a boat to go across some water. Yeah. And you had to put a fan on it to get the boat to move. But every time I do it, I would screw it up. So I just said, fuck it. I took all the loose planks around me and built a bridge. Yeah. And then just walked across it. Yeah. I'm like, that is why this game is great. Yeah. You can just, any way you can do it, it doesn't have to matter. Yeah, there was, you know how in that opening tutorial level you get to the snow area and you're supposed to figure out yes. how to get through the snow and the ice even though you can't climb the ice. And I've seen a few people struggle with that particular area. I just watched a great a gameplay today where the guy couldn't figure out what to do, was on the, the upper part, like across from the mountain, mm -hmm. and just cut down five trees took a minecart cart, stuck it all together, used the minecart to hold the thing in place, and ran across it to the top of the mountain. That's, so <laughs> like, that's not at all you're what's supposed to do. great about this game. That is, and that is the one thing that I will still die on a mountain for with this game, is with all of our issues, it takes that mechanic of Breath of the Wild where you can go anywhere and do anything to the extreme, where you yeah. really... Can like there's just building material everywhere, and like and I do think they give you too much. Like you'll run down a road and, and you'll just a whole every ten feet there's yeah. like stuff, and it's like oh okay you're giving me a lot of shit, but you can fucking do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, and no, that's just amazing. There's endless possibilities. It really is. And you know I don't love all the new powers. I think ascend is interesting, but also really finicky. It works sometimes. It doesn't work other times. Yeah, and. I, again, miss Rivali's Gale. I'd rather just have that. Um, but at the same time, I really do like stuff. I like the way that the recall time manipulation thing works. Yes. And just how you can really cheat the entire game yes. by doing it. You got a plane that won't fly because it doesn't have wheels. Well, pick it up, stick it way up in the air for like five seconds, put it on the ground, stand on it, hit recall. It'll just go up in the air. You click it off, and now you And then fly. you guide. Yeah. And it's just like, this is brilliant. <laughs> it really is brilliant. And I look at, um, oh God, what was it? Now, see, when you say the Ascend, I do like Ascend. One of my earliest moments with it was there's, I don't know if you remember it. One of the towers you have to unlock, there is a Moblin like treehouse that has a bridge that goes to mm -hmm. an area. And those, that was the first time I came across those Moblins where it's like, God damn it, they're tough. Like they're so much stronger. And so I just ran underneath the bridge, ascended through the bridge, jumped over the spikes, and ran to the tower with them throwing everything at me. They didn't hit me once. Yeah. Made it into the tower and went up without attacking anybody. <laughs> and it's like, that is fucking awesome. That's cool. Because I died like six times trying to yeah. do it the right way. I'm like, fuck it. And I just did it that way and it worked. Yeah, no, exactly. And there's, so great. there's still a ton of moments like that in this game yeah. where you're sitting there 
And yeah, there's a lot of moments of like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah. But then when you do realize what you're supposed to do, it's so rewarding, and you're like, oh, oh, that's what you want. Okay. Yeah. You know, there. I my big problem with Ascend, honestly, is the stupid cutscene you have to sit through. Oh yeah. I yeah. fucking hate it. I would so much rather hit Ascend. It just kind of like shows you link the outside from mm-hmm. the outside, just links progression up the wall, and then he climbs out the top mm-hmm. because like the whole like cutscene thing. It, I can't tell if it's a loading screen or not, if it's mm. a hidden loading screen, because there will be times where you go through like a tiny little board. I think it's a loading screen, I to be honest to with be. you, because it reminded me of the cooking mechanic mm-hmm. that you have the option to X out of, mm-hmm. but you still have to see a little bit of it. Yeah. And so I do think that's their loading screen. I think you're right. Yeah. I think that there has to be a loading element to it, because there just seems to be a slowdown, if anything yeah. else, when you use it sometimes. And it's like, it's not... Like if you go through a rock this thick, it always cuts the cutscene. Mm-hmm. It's like you can cut, you can go through a board, like literally you can put down like a, a sheet of board or something, mm-hmm. go through it. Sometimes there will be a cutscene, sometimes there won't, and it's just like I, I don't want the fucking cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> it takes so fucking. It long. reminded me a lot of the old school Resident Evils. Anytime you went, like you wanted to go through a door, they would do like a cut of a door and it opening, yeah. and then the sound of it shutting, and you knew that was a load screen. It reminded me a lot of that because it's like the fact that you don't have – because most of the things you do get the option to X out of. Like when you beat a shrine and you're going in front of them, you can X out of that. And even walking into the shrine, you can X out and all that. By not having that, I was like, ah, this has got to be a low screen. This has to be something. It has to be because they would have given you the option. It feels like a buffer. Yeah. It feels like it's buffering. Because it would have been like maybe if it wasn't a load screen, I think they would have – like the first couple times you did it, had you seen the full animatic, but then the next few times, mm-hmm, exactly. get the way to X out of it. And like sometimes when you're in a shrine, it doesn't happen. Yes. Kind of like they already preloaded that you were going to go through this one section of the shrine, so it didn't need to load yeah. up the animation of Link coming out the top of the I shrine. I mean, I can't, for the fact that this game is only 16 gigabytes, you know, I just downloaded, what was it? Um, Red Dead Redemption 2. I re downloaded it because I had to get a new storage device for my Xbox. And it's 120 gigabytes. Yeah. And this is 16 gigabytes. And to see what you can do in a game that is only 16 fucking gigabytes is unfathomable. Can you imagine if Nintendo stopped tying a hand behind their back and just like actually made a system that had the full power and capabilities of a fully armed and operational Star Destroyer? (laughs) Because in reality, the last time they had technical superiority was that time before the original Xbox came out because technically the GameCube was more yes. powerful than the PS2. Yes. But then the Xbox trumped it, and from there on out, there was yeah. they were never in the ballpark technically. Because I was going to say, I don't even think the N64 was as powerful as the PS1. It was and it wasn't. It had... It, it would have been more powerful if it was primarily... A CD-ROM system, but the limitations of the cartridges, I think, kept it a little bit behind. Yeah. Because you couldn't do the full motion cutscenes and all that because it was so much data. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't compress it, yeah. Yeah. But, I I mean, I'm assuming Switch 2 is going to be, it's got to be announced soon. Yeah. they got to stick with the Switch 2. Because they have to stick with it. They yeah. the, having the hybrid, I think, is their it's thing one of now. The most successful um, uh, devices, yeah. Just period, game devices. But the new one has got to be backward compatible. Yeah, it can't oh, be. Yeah. It can't be the Switch U. 
Because no. once again, the Wii U was the worst name ever because everyone thought it was an add-on to the Wii. Yeah. If they can do it right, and I think the big thing they will have to do is find a way. A, it's got to be backward compatible, but then they need to find a way. I don't know if it's possible, but if you can make the system powerful enough that the dock can be the same. Because mm. they're going to have to figure out a way. Because they're going to... I think this system, above all else, because mostly it's... You know, a lot of the people that own it are the Wii mm-hmm. group, which I'm not a hardcore gamer. I don't need to buy a PS5, blah, 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 blah. But they do like that you can reuse. Like, I love the fact with the Wii U that you can't, you could use the Wii remotes because mm-hmm. that was made a huge deal in some games. Yeah. But, like, if you can, I, I don't care about anything else. Maybe the Pro Controller because I do love that controller. But if you could find a way to reuse the dock. Yeah. I think that would be huge. I'm just really into reusing as much as we can at yeah. this point. Like, I really, like, the, the we didn't talk about it at the top of the show. Uh, the, the week was the week where the entire of Canada was on fire. Oh, yeah. And it was a, it was a rough week to get it through. It was fucked up in, here. In Western New York, let yeah. me tell you. Um, so, I, we, let's reuse as many things as possible. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't just say that because I have two switch docks. Uh, if I want to play upstairs, I can without having to unplug the whole thing and bring mm-hmm. it all up. Um, I say it because it's just, it's the right thing to do at this point to try and cater your technology in some way to what we already have. Um, so we're not doing, mm-hmm. we're not creating more junk than we need to. Exactly. I say as I'm surrounded by Funko Pops. I know. Yeah. But no, I agree with you. And it, yeah, they just, I, I they, they got they got to hit this one yeah. out of the park. Yeah. Because especially Sony had an opportunity with their handheld that they came out with just recently, which well they they announced, which is a fucking just a streaming device for your PS5, which yeah. is like that's that's not the same. They had the fucking shit. Sony, and this is another tangent. Sony knocked it out of the park with the PSP. Mm-hmm. The PSP I loved. I adored my PSP. I thought it was the greatest fucking thing. But then they fucked it up with the Vita because of the stupid memory cards. Mm-hmm. The Vita was awesome. I loved it. I had a Vita temporarily, but I ended up selling it because an 8 gig, their version of a memory card was like, I think an 8 gig one was over $100 when you could get a, like at that time it was like a 100 gig micro SD card for the DS was half that price. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well... What do you think I'm going to do? What the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. So you tied my, you, you know, you have this new system where we're getting into more digital media and you have all these great indie games that are just digital, but then to buy something to put them on costs more than the fucking system. Yeah. And, and I, I wish Sony would have just fucking done it, but they fucked it up, I think, by doing just this streaming device, which is probably, I mean, by the look of the screen and the fact that it's attached to an actual DualSense 5 controller pretty much. It's going to be probably 250 bucks. Yeah. So if Nintendo can find a way to get Switch to in the ballpark of the Steam Deck technically, mm-hmm. but still hold like a 299 price point, I think it's huge. Oh, yeah. And that would, and, and once again, if you have a couple different SKUs where you're like, hey, get the full bundle, including the new dock and the new Joy-Con or whatnot, is $350, $400. But... You can use your old dock and Joy-Con if you want. You just have to buy the new tablet portion. Two hundred fifty bucks for just the tablet. Yeah, I think more people will be like, oh, "Fuck it, okay." Yeah. I mean, the Joy-Con drift sucks, but if I can get the new system and be able to play it for two hundred fifty bucks, and my old stuff still works on it, yeah, 
That's you know, the key. It's that is the key. Stuff that I bought, I need to still have access to. Exactly. We live in a digital world now where I expect to have access to all the things that I buy when I buy them. Yes. That's how buying things work. If I buy a physical copy of something, unless I lose it, yeah. I, I can use it in whatever way I want. And that is the number one reason why I think Xbox is still relevant. Mm-hmm. Because they're screwing up with all their first-party games. Because they bought all these studios and they're making dog shit right now with Redfall, which is terrible. I played a little bit of it. Starting with the 360, they were, everything's backward compatible. Mm-hmm. Including now, if you have the X, the One X, and you put in a, a original Xbox game, as long as it is available in the shop, it will download onto your system for free. Oh, good. Like, I have a thousand games, because it's all the, the what do they call that? The, it used to be Xbox Live Gold, mm-hmm. kind of like the places where you get yeah. five free games a month. I would just fucking download them all. Yeah. Or, or I would buy them all. Or not buy them all, just say, okay, I'll just, I will, I'll, I'll, like accept them but I won't download them yet and they're all sitting on the system and there are literally hundreds of games that I have full access to you never have to pay another dime and it's like why especially someone like Nintendo like you're this new paywall for their online system which is you know the the $20 a year one you still get you know some good games I love playing the Game Boy Tetris which yeah. I actually play a lot of that which is kind of scary but like to get the the super or not the, the super Nintendo N sixty four, and was it Genesis games too? I think so. I think so. You have to get the higher tier one, yeah. which is I mean it's still a fraction of the cost of like the Xbox and PlayStation Online's, but it's still it's like man you got to think of a better way to do it. Yeah. Like whatever like the virtual console like as much shit as the Wii U gets, the Wii U was the best system for virtual console like. The amount of virtual console games you could buy was endless. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, but once again, you would have to rebuy them, even if you bought them on the Wii. There's got to be a way in this next Switch system. No, exactly. It, it still needs to recognize everything that you bought through Nintendo. Yeah. Well, like with Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. I bought two copies. Mm-hmm. I have a, a physical copy that Ethan has on his Switch, but I bought a digital copy because th- that same thing. It's like, I'm going to be playing it on the TV Switch. Yeah. He's going to be playing his on a Switch Lite. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I can play it when I want and I don't have to worry about any kind of issues. Exactly. And unfortunately, there are a lot of idiots like me, and that's what Nintendo banks on. Yep. Like the reason Breath of the Wild sold so well, I mean, they sold, I want to say early on in the stages when there was only like 3 million Switches sold because they ran out of stock, there was like 5 million versions of Breath of the Wild sold because people were buying versions of that game before they could buy a Switch. Yeah. Just to have it. And then people were also buying the physical and the digital. Co- and it's like, I, I there's two games. I, I, I Animal Crossing and, no, three games. Animal Crossing, Breath of the Wild, and Tears of the Kingdom. I have the digital and physical versions of mm-hmm. which is stupid. We only have digital copies of, yeah. I think, all three of those. I have gotten more into buying physical versions of Switch games because... Luckily, the resale value on Nintendo games are insane. Oh, it's so crazy. I'm thinking like ten years down the line, we have a pretty good collection now of games. I I'm thinking, you know, maybe ten years down the line, I'll be able to get my money back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, and they have such a great flavor. 
You got oh, yeah. to have the physical copy just to get the flavor. I still never licked one. I don't know why anybody would. Well, it's it's the whole thing of like, oh, this tastes terrible. You try. You try. When you watch them on TV, you're like, okay, so they taste bad. Yeah. I don't need to believe you. I believe cool. you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. I see three people lick a cartridge. I have no need to lick a cartridge. I am going to pass the Darwin exam. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's awesome. But All yeah. Right. So there's Cheers of the Kingdom yeah. right there. I think it's a good game. I think there's yes. obviously stuff that you can kind of yes. finesse and make better. But at the same time, I enjoy the game in part because of an element that they didn't finesse until people were like, hey, uh, I can make 100 diamonds in like 20 minutes. Is yeah. that something you want me to be able to do? And so like, but you know what? That's how I play the game. And and yes, it's imperfect. The, the imperfections are kind of amplified by breath of the wild being what it is so mm. in breath of the wild you don't care about the imperfections or you don't care as much about the imperfections some people do but i found that i was just kind of enveloped by the whole thing and i just yeah. didn't care you know oh my weapon broke fuck oh well whatever there's another one i'll have to use one that i don't care about but i'll, I'll figure it out mm. and now it's like there's there's an even greater growth of all those ideas do i wish it was cleaner do i wish it was better do i wish it was tuned up absolutely mm-hmm. is this pokemon violet no oh, <laughs> is this the Gollum game that came out like three oh weeks ago no. no this is a this is a pretty much finished game that nintendo said hey we could have finished it last year and i'm yeah. like don't say that <laughs> just don't say that because you're just you're you're making things so much worse yeah. for yourself i would be so much happier this game might get a higher grade if i didn't know that yeah. <laughs> like, don't Say it. And for me, this just proves once again, like you can say what you want about the hardware, but the other two, Sony and Microsoft, are not even in the same stratosphere as far as quality of first and third party games. Yeah. Nintendo is still the master. Like how they're able to pull off what they pull off on antiquated software, because you even look at some of the 3DS games and you're like, the 3DS was, like you hold it up to like the Vita, it wasn't even close. No, yeah. But... The level and quality of the games is ridiculous. Yeah. And the same with this. And you're like, I don't know the magic they pull. Mm-hmm. And that wonderful little studio in Japan or in, in Monolith Soft, which is one of my other favorite developers, the third-party developer from Nintendo that, Nintendo that makes... Um, not third-party, second-party, I mean. That makes the Xenoblade games. You're like... You look at Xenoblade Chronicles 3 alongside this and you're like, how is this fucking running on a Switch? Yeah. How? I don't get it. When you look at a game like Redfall that just came out on Xbox and had all these years to make and had all this money behind it, made by a a developer that was known for quality, and it's dog shit. And that keeps happening. It does. It keeps happening. There's a list now. There's like Watch Dogs and uh, what was the one with Keanu Reeves? Oh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. That That goes down. Like as bad as... And people will still say this, as bad as the latest Pokemon was, mm-hmm. that cyberpunk release was got to be the worst. It didn't work. No. As I understood it, all. it didn't work. Fallout, the other Fallout. Um, 76. Yeah. That was bad. Doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, any game from EA, which, side note, I have to buy Madden this year. I, like, actually have to buy it. Oh, because Josh Allen's on it. Because Josh Allen's on it. And, like, maybe if I buy it, the Madden curse won't bite us. Well, somebody had said the Madden curse has kind of gone away over the last few years. I think Patrick Mahomes broke the Madden curse over his knee a few years ago. Yeah. Well, there was that one with him and Brady, and wasn't that... Well, well, that was the year after Brady won the Super mm-hmm. Bowl with Tampa. But they still made it to the... Yeah. High, far in the playoffs. Again, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Yeah, no. 
So, we're, we're past the days where Eddie George's knee explodes because oh he was on God. the map. Or Michael cover. Vick gets arrested for killing dogs because Jesus he's on that. Which I got to say, and this is really off topic, Justin Fields, who's my quarterback, the Chicago Bears, yeah. and I love the man so much, uh, was getting some tutelage this summer by Michael Vick. And I'm like, of all the quarterbacks you want to teach you how to play the way you play, fucking listen to everything that man has to yeah. say. I'm like, put Michael Vick... On the payroll as a as an, a, a consultant and have him literally live with Justin Fields. Yeah, because even Vic had a few knee injuries, but he, they never really slowed him down. No, the only thing that slowed him down was extracurricular activities. Yes, yeah, going to jail. Yeah, but then like even when he went to Philly, what was it? His first pass in Philadelphia was a ninety-six yard touchdown to, yeah. to Jacob Jackson. Yeah, and Deshaun Jackson, you're like, holy crap, okay. Yeah, but yeah, his arm was. Okay, that's really off topic. No, we're, we'll talk about football in a few weeks. Yes, yeah. we're coming um, up yeah, on it. Uh, Tears of Kingdom, love it. I, I I do very much look forward to playing more of it, and yeah. I know I'll put in just as many hours as Kelly by the end. It's just going to take me a fucking no. Exactly, hour. I'm I'm loving it. I I wish that I had Mifa's grace. because yeah. <laughs> I miss yeah, that. I, I miss it badly. Grace. But like at the same time, as much as I critique it, I do enjoy it immensely. Yeah. And I you know I come down hard on the things I love the most. Mm. Um. Which is why Across the Spider-Verse will hold such a, a great place in my heart. It's because I came in with such high expectations of just like, you better do it. And they fucking did it. And Dude. I was like, yeah, that's my son. <laughs> that's yeah, my they, boy. That is the one intellectual property as of late that has really surpassed expectations. Yeah. And the expectations being monumental. Well, and not only that, it really shows Marvelites who only know the movies, yes. specifically the MCU what they're missing because they're so excited to accept subpar work. Yeah. And it's like, you could be doing something like this. Yeah. You could be doing something like this, but you're not. You refuse to. Yeah. And all animated movies need to look at it and be like, this is the next step. That's like, we don't need to duplicate what you're doing, but what they're doing with animation needs to be like picked apart and, and implemented into more things because it's like I, I still I still can't get my wrap my I, brain around what I saw. It's impossible to, to, it really to take all in. It's incredible. Yeah, it's just it's it's like Avatar. Of yeah. just like it is immersive, and yeah. it's like you're getting dunked in a super soldier serum of just like yeah, like way of the water with all the complaints we had. When you still look at some of those scenes of them swimming with the the wh- not whale whales, mm-hmm. and you're like, none of that exists. Yeah. That was that a pool. It's so mind blowing. <laughs> that was a pool. They, they filmed that in a pool in yeah. a warehouse. None of it existed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like fucking Christ. God damn it. Yeah. Technology's crazy. It's really crazy. All right, folks. Well, that was episode 102 of NerdPod Generations. We had other things to talk about, but we had a feeling Breath of the Wild might take, or Tears of the Kingdom might take a little while, and it did. Um, so, once again, episode 102. We hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we're hoping, we're trying to fill up, figure out the logistics. We're hoping to bring you another reaction review, this one to The Flash. We're, we think we know how we're going to do it, but we'll we'll definitely have a show next week one way or another, but yeah. we'll let you know. Father's Day may cause a little ripple that kind of pushes Flash back a little bit. Yes. We'll see what happens. But the plan right now is to go and see what Barry Allen is doing and if Ezra Miller's face ruins the experience. Yeah. That's going to be a tough one for me. I'm not going to I'm lie. a little nervous. I'm it's not going to lie. It's two Ezra Millers. The next two movies that we have on our list, that and Indiana Jones, I'm looking forward to. Talk about But I'm also terrified about. Exactly. Because they both could be horrible. Well, and we're both like, okay, these look great. And then the early reviews are like, 
uh, temper your expectations. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I'm nervous about that. All right, folks. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more about us individually, you can look me up at stalebucks.com. You can look me up at jetsumstudios.work under the Bronx Division tab. And remember, go tell us what movies you want us to do a commentary yes. for. Because it's going to be fucking hilarious. Yes. We are going to try and do a superhero movie just because that's kind of our ballpark. That's what we do. We and want you, bad ones. We want, we want a bad subpar yeah. superhero movie, especially one that could be better. Venom, Let There Be Carnage Which, was on the list, too. We'll see. We could add um, Howard the Duck to that list. Oh, Howard the Duck isn't a bad idea. That's, that's, that's bad not movie. a bad idea. I mean, there's duck boobs in there it. Are I mean, duck right boobs. There. there are duck boobs. All right, folks. Well, we hope you have a wonderful week. Have a great week, friends and enemies. Bye.